Welcome to Enjoying the Journey with Evangelist Scott Pauling. Today, we are on a journey through Scripture. We hope you'll join us as we make 66 stops through each book of the Word of God. One of the buzzwords in our day is leadership. Now, whether you're a Christian or not, you can walk into any bookstore and find a huge section of books written on the subject of leadership. The interesting thing is that the greatest book on leadership ever written is found in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, it is the little book we're journeying through today. It is the book of Nehemiah. It is an autobiography of Nehemiah, and it is a history of his dealings with the people of God at a very difficult time. But it is a very practical book. You know, good leadership is both spiritual and practical. And Nehemiah was a spiritual leader. Now, I want to talk to you about more than just that, but you could walk through Nehemiah and see these characteristics of spiritual leadership. He was a man of compassion. In chapter 1, verse 4, he sat down and wept. He was a man of prayer. I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, he cries out in verse 5. He's a man of vision, as we'll see in just a moment. He's a man of faith. He speaks in chapter 2 and says, The God of heaven, He will prosper us. He's a man of organization. He organized an entire nation into families and into work groups, 42 different groups. He's a man of hard work. The Bible says, So built we the wall. He didn't just tell others to do it. He got in and got his hands dirty. He was a man of vigilance. He set a watch against the enemies day and night. He was will, willing not only to build but to battle. He was a man of courage. He said to the people, Be not ye afraid of them. He was a man of rebuke. He was willing to rebuke even the nobles and the rulers among the people in chapter 5 verse 7. He was a man of determination. Chapter 6 verse 3, he said, I cannot come down. And it is for that reason that in 52 days, yes, you heard me right, in 52 days, the wall of Jerusalem was completely restored, completely reconstructed. How does that happen? God did it. And God did it through a man that was willing to do it God's way. You see, the book of Nehemiah picks up where Ezra left off. You'll remember that there are three returns to the land of Israel, to the city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah brings back the final and smallest of those returns. When he gets there... He discovers the walls of the city are broken down and he takes it upon himself to raise up those walls. It's a beautiful thing. If I could give you just a little parenthetical truth that may help you as you study the Bible, one of the greatest things that opened this book to me was realizing that the last three historical books of the Old Testament and the last three prophetical books of the Old Testament are actually written in the same time period. You should study them alongside each other like two tracks, parallel tracks. Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther are parallel to Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. That's wonderful. God had His workers and God had His preachers. He had His men in the palace and He also had His men in the pulpit. God always has His people. And in the midst of the work, the Word of God is always preeminent. Now, Nehemiah's name means comforted of God. And I'm going to tell you, 
He needed God's comfort when the opposition came. If you're going to try to do anything for the Lord today, just expect somebody's not going to like it, primarily the devil. Anything God ordains, Satan opposes. We're nearing chronologically the end of the Old Testament era. As a matter of fact, after Nehemiah builds the walls, there's going to be 400 silent years leading up to the New Testament. This is a very significant time period. And the key verse is found in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 5. Listen to it. Nehemiah testifies, And I said also unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. Now he requests permission from the earthly king, but it's important to know that before he asked that king for permission, he prays to the king. In the previous verse, he prayed to the God of heaven. A friend, if God gives you favor and if God gives you fruit, it won't be because of man. It will always be because of God. And Nehemiah understood that. This was not a get-it-done man. This was a man that believed God wanted to get something done and he wanted to be used of the Lord. I remember years ago my pastor saying to me, Scott, there are two kinds of people in this world. There are those who use God and there are those who let God use them. Well, Nehemiah was not a man trying to use God to gain advantage or gain position or gain comfort. He was a man who was willing to just simply let God use him and use him he did. In chapters 1 through 7, there is the work of construction. They're building the walls. And there's a beautiful principle there that people work best close to home. Our work for the Lord should begin close to home, right with your own family, right with your own church, right in your own community. Build on the wall near where you live, right where God has you. And then in chapters 8 through 10, there's a work of consecration. The people get thoroughly right with the Lord. The, the covenant between the people and God is sealed. And it all begins in chapter 7 and chapter 8 with the preaching of the Word of God. Oh, the Word of God is powerful. Ezra is going to stand up and read the Scripture and give the understanding and the people are going to listen. They even shouted Amen, which I think is very appropriate when you hear the truth. And then they got on their faces and they worshiped God. A friend, no physical work is important if we don't do the spiritual work. It's easy to do the things you can see, but sometimes the intangibles, that's, that's more difficult. But getting on your face and getting thoroughly right with God, this is key. And so we move from the work of construction to the work of consecration. And then in chapters 11 through 13, there's the work of consolidation. And Nehemiah works hard to, to let God be thorough, to finish everything that needs to be done so that the nation of Israel is prepared for their future and ready for all that God has for them. You see, the great message to us from the book of Nehemiah is building up that which is broken down. And may I ask you, what's broken down in your life today? Is there something broken? Is there something in your home broken? Is there something in your church broken down? Is there some relationship that is broken down? Is there some responsibility that is broken down? Well, friend, God wants to see it built up again. God didn't want you to sit in the ruins of that. God didn't want you to simply sit and weep. Well, it may begin with weeping in chapter 1, but it shouldn't end there. No, the great phrase of the book, the Bible says, so the wall was finished. God always wants to finish. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Paul said, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perform it till the day of Jesus Christ. 
Friend, God wants to do something. God wants to see new victories, a new ground taken for His own glory. And He wants to do it through a man whose life is yielded. And that was a man like Nehemiah, a man totally given to God, willing to receive instruction and then give it to others, willing to obey God and lead others to do the same. A man willing to give up his high position to identify with the plight of his people who came with a mission of restoration. Sounds a lot like the Lord Jesus Christ, doesn't it? And soon after Nehemiah's time period, Christ will come. Well, friend, Christ has come and He wants to work in your life today. He wants to work in you and He wants to work through you to rebuild that which is broken down. Would you yield yourself to Him today? Would you say to the Lord right now, Lord, I give myself to you. Whatever you want to use me to do, I want that to happen. Would you make Nehemiah's prayer your own that I may build it? And then in faith, my friend, watch to see what God will do through your life. Friend, did you know that the purpose of the Bible is not to know the Bible, the facts, the people, the places, but instead the purpose of the Bible is to know God. Do you know Him? Do you know that God has already done everything necessary for you to know Him? Jesus Christ, God's Son, died on the cross and rose again from the dead to pay for your sin debt. It is our prayer that you will trust Jesus today. If you'd like additional help in your Christian life, be sure to visit our website, scottpauley.org. Among the many resources we have available, we're excited to make available to you a Journey Through Scripture daily Bible reading plan. This will be a tremendous help in our current study. Until next time, may God help you to enjoy the journey.